0: You're listening to the Super Talk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping
1: profit to member super. Hello, and welcome to the Super Talk podcast. My name is Tyrell Mills. Today, we're taking a look at AIST's pre budget submission with Mel Burks, AIST's head of advocacy. The COVID-19 pandemic has presented a complex economic problem requiring different policy approaches, but what is becoming clear is that gaps in wealth inequity that existed prior to the pandemic have been made worse during 2020. With the federal budget due out in early October, Mel sat down with us to speak about the modeling that went into AIST's pre-budget submission and what policy measures are needed to address a $100 billion hole that has been left in Australia's retirement savings. And yes, with us today, Mel Burks, Head of Advocacy at AIST. Mel, welcome to the illustrious Talk podcast.
0: Great to be here.
1: Uh, I believe this is the first time for yourself. It is, uh, and I'm
0: honoured to have been asked. Thanks, Tyrell.
1: Yeah, I, I had a bit of a look on the calendar, and you've almost been with AIST for 12 months now. So it's and what a, a,
0: what a 12 months what a, it's been. What a wild ride,
1: <laughs> which is kind of the point of today's today's episode. Uh, we're looking at the pre-budget submission, but uh, back in, I want to say April, it was deferred until, the budget it was, de- deferred mm-hmm. until October the 6th, correct yes. me if I'm wrong, yep. uh, and uh, rather fortunately, Treasury let everyone have a second crack at their submissions, their pre-budget submissions, uh, allowing people to uh, submit a supplementary submission, uh, so you have kindly come on to have a bit of a chat about AISTs, which we uh, submitted on Monday, I believe it was. We uh, did, yes. Do you want to we- have a, uh, just just to begin with, uh, give us a bit of an overview of what we were highlighting in our supplementary Submission.
0: Well, I guess it comes as no surprise to anybody that uh, COVID has had an impact on superannuation and the superannuation policy settings and the federal budget. So, clearly, our main focus in our supplementary submission was the COVID super gap that has been created as a result of the combination of the uh, changes to the early release scheme and obviously the impact of um, declining employment on Australians. So, our submission really explored the fact that the um, temporary early release scheme has had the biggest impact on low-paid younger Australians. And that we worked with Mercer to model that uh, impact across the uh, economy for everybody who's taken out early release. And it's estimated that there will be a $100 billion shortfall in retirement savings, which is a combination of the uh, dollar value uh, taken out through early release and the lost uh, compounding interest as a result of that, plus also a um, smaller proportion of that $100, million, uh, 100 billion sorry, has to do with um, people potentially being out of work and not having super guarantee for a period of time as well. So the combined impact of that is uh, estimated to be over a $100 billion retirement shortfall, which we're calling the COVID super gap because that's where it's impacting.
1: So essentially, it's along the lines of people who were somewhat behind the eight ball to begin with. It's only widened the gap. Is that is that what the Monica COVID That's super right. gap is? Yes.
0: What we found out is uh, we were lucky enough to have five of our member funds provide us with aggregated data of members who've actually taken out early release. So we're able to do some demographic analysis, which was a bit more detailed than the publicly available statistics. And what it showed us is that those people who took out early release uh, super were already on average 20% behind their peers so if you were aged you know, 25 to 34 your balance was on average 20% less than the same people your age who didn't take out early release then obviously when you do take out the amount of money uh, that then makes your uh, balance lower and obviously makes your position worse so not only did they start out in a poorer position in terms of their uh, starting about account balances under 35s collectively to the 30th of June, for every ten dollars taken out under the early release scheme, under 35 took out four of those ten dollars. So they made up 40 percent of the value. So that clearly shows to us that it's the lower income individuals who are in less secure uh, work who've been forced to make the you know the really difficult and and sort of unacceptable decision, I guess, to choose between poverty now or poverty in retirement. And those that did take it out, they withdrew on average about a third of their total super balance on average um, for those people who who still had some balance uh, left at that 30 June. Um, and we estimated that there's a, probably another 15% of members who actually just withdrew everything they had in super. So come the end of 30 June, they had no superannuation
1: left. So a huge impact on the retirement savings of Australians, no doubt.
0: Yes, and and interestingly, not just – there's a bit of a nuance as well because while women were more impacted by – COVID in terms of employment they were actually slightly less likely to take out their superannuation but when they did and when they were forced to do so they took out a higher dollar value which also represented a higher proportion of their balance because women on average had slightly less than men say for example in age again 25 to 34 they started off with um, a bit less than um, men in, in a similar situation to them who were taking out early release but then they took out a higher dollar value so they actually end up uh, even worse uh, at the end of that. And, um, you know, really when we look at the profile of the typical member who had, um, had to access early release, it's basically young and lower income. And really, it's a very expensive decision for those individuals. And they basically have been forced to, you know, as I say, decide between retire- um, poverty now or poverty and retirement. And in fact, we would argue that the government would have been in a better position to support those um, individuals through government um, income support because it's much cheaper for the government to uh, make a loan for to support members at you know close to zero percent interest rate, whereas individuals who take out their super are giving up on average between five to seven percent per annum, compounded over time. So that's why you end up with this hundred billion dollar shortfall in their retirement savings. I guess one other thing to think about which is interesting is I think it's not just the burden for these young people today, so they're bearing that burden individually So by reducing their super balances but also as a generation they're going to bear that as a collective debt. So the fact that uh, so many people were forced to take out their super and reduce their balances. Means that the burden in terms of um, public pension payments in future years is going to be greater. And the same people who took out their super and reduced it were forced to reduce their balances will also be the taxpayers that are going to need to um, support that that pension payment. So we think it's really a, a doubly unfair outcome.
1: So as a policy, it is kind of just kicking the can down the road for several decades.
0: Well, that's right. And I think you know everyone appreciates that. Uh, It was potentially, it it was necessary that people needed to get some quick um, income, but we would have preferred to see that the government take that role and actually support the working Australians through this time. And it did do some things through JobKeeper, but it really, for those who couldn't wait for JobKeeper to come through or who didn't qualify for JobKeeper, superannuation became their sort of backstop. But as we say, it's a very tough decision for people to make because they understand that they're sort of trading off um, poverty now and poverty in retirement. And that's really not a decision that people should be have, have to make in a, an economy and a country like Australia.
1: So looking forward to the October 6 budget, what kind of uh, policy measures are AIST hoping to see the government take on in order to address some of those shortfalls and that what is clearly uh, a pretty urgent and bleak situation?
0: Yeah, and I think what we have to recognise is that uh, any policy response really needs to be targeted and it needs to reflect the demographics and the circumstances of those people we've just been talking about. Um, There'll be some individuals who are in a position to make a voluntary contribution, but for the vast majority of um, people who've accessed their super, they're lower income they're in insecure um, employment so it's not really they're not going to really be in a position to top up their own super for want of a better term um, going forward so what we'd really like to see is a one-off government contribution to the super accounts of low income earners um, who access their super early um, and obviously met the eligibility criteria and we'd look to see that that contribution would be based on the proportion of the balance that they withdrew and uh, as an individual sum would be no more than five thousand dollars so you know no more than a quarter of the total amount that could have been withdrawn because it was $20,000 across the two tranches. And it just acknowledges that people who are on low income need their super, um, but they're not necessarily going to be in a position to um, make additional contributions given their their financial circumstances. Uh, We've also suggested that for those who can do so, um, making a government co-contribution, that the government increase the super co-contribution rate and threshold. So both the dollar for dollar Matching and also the eligibility to increase the number of individuals who, who would be eligible for a government co contribution. And again, we continue to call for, and we have called for a number of years, for the removal of the $450 minimum SG threshold. Uh, that is going to really um, bite even more for individuals given that um, some people have seen their hours cut so they may still be working but people who perhaps previously qualified for superannuation because they earn over 450 a month may now be uh, under that 450 threshold and that's just going to compound the um, injury that they've suffered by um, having to access their super early and uh, generally just a reduction in income and of course we just want super on on paid parental leave superannuation is paid on all types of other paid leave uh, why not paid parental leave and of course and uh, very important not to forget that um the, the legislated increase from super from nine and a half percent to 12 percent is critical also for individuals to continue to build their super
1: that's all for this edition of the super talk podcast thank you to mel burks for her time You can find a copy of AIST's pre-budget submission on the AIST website. Just visit aist.asn.au. Until next time, bye for now.